Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up? Backpacking and Blisters podcasters, this is Derek Somerville, and with me today is the only North American man to use his own shoelaces as a Q-tip and or dental floss, Carl Mandrioli. How you doing, buddy? Mm. What's going on, pal? I think I've used a lot of like different things for floss, and yeah, I, I appreciate you feel like I've got some good teeth. I feel like they're very, very spacious. And that you can get them. I think I saw him, guys. I think I saw him use his headphone wires one time, although Carl really doesn't bring headphone wires anymore. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Spacious. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say before you get to mine, I'll say the food does not struggle to stay in one spot, okay. one spot between your teeth. Just, you know. Which makes sense that I would be flossing like crazy as you're describing. That's kind of the opposite. But you know what? Exactly. Your, your story... Doesn't always fit together, and that's okay. Uh, you're the, it's your body, not mine. I don't know. With me today is Derek Somerville, a man who believes that God only made one Yogi Bear because when he went to make a second, he made a boo-boo. Oh, I feel like I've heard you say this joke before. Have you have you used this joke before? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Incorrect. I I, maybe I Incorrect. heard it on like a kid's show. Maybe that was it. That's probably that that, that could that be lines possible. up with your humor. Yeah. Okay. It does. Well, we are definitely gonna be talking about bear stuff today, so it does relate. And true. You know, I, I'm just true. excited to, to jump in here momentarily, but I, just a, the only tidbit that I really have. Well, I kind of got two. So we got some MP3s to share today. One I've been hanging on to for a while. Yeah. This one's from Todd. Todd, Todd is the king of sharing the MP3s, and this is his best one. There we go. And it falls right in line with what this episode's about, which is really. Just kind of like challenging me and trying to humble me and put me in my place, <laughs> which I will accept. I feel like that's Todd's <laughs> calling, and I'm glad you accept it. But no, this is, yeah, and the other ones were kind of like where I kind of gave him, I don't know, I kind of pushed back on a little bit. Like this this is like legit challenge, and so I appreciate <laughs> it. And I haven't heard this yet. I'm excited. <laughs> and then, um, and then we, got, we got something from Knowlton who has more of a creative take on the whole bear storage thing, which is awesome. Beautiful. So that's what we got for us. Okay. And the only other tidbit I, 
I've been throwing this idea around a little bit. Not sure if you're up for this challenge, but you know what? Like this, I just feel like there's a lot of puns out there that we could do with bears. So are you up for a bear pun challenge throughout this episode? Oh, let's do it. Okay. I'm in. Okay. So we'll, we'll try to work in as many bear puns as we can as we talk. We're not going to try to force them, but, um, I think we can. Okay. I, I don't have a list. Like I didn't. I didn't prepare for this. I just. It's got to be off the cuff here. Let's just. Let's just do it, and then I guess we'll just figure it out after the episode. Okay. Sounds good. Bible verse for today: Ephesians four two. One of my favorites. Be completely humble mm. and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And this is like a multi level verse because it does talk about the humility and being humble mm. towards one another. So I think in this regard, I'm being. I'm. I'm going to be sort of made to be humble, not only with Todd's MP three, but also with. The interview from last week, Ranger Rick Sanger, and that's true. That's true. and I will, I will wear that belt, so to speak, the humility belt. Yeah. And that, uh, but yeah. but it also talks about bearing with one another, and I think that this can go in a lot of different ways, and and, uh, and I think actually this need the verse for like our our summer trip as well. Like I think there's a lot to to be talked about here. So I don't I don't know if we get to all of it today, but it really yeah. claws at the heart. You know what I mean? That Bible verse. So I think <laughs> there you that'll, go. that'll be there. You Something to like something it. to bear in mind, you know, as we proceed. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. I think just being humble in general is just something you just have to, you know, you got to grin and bear it. That's <laughs> oh, gonna be that's gonna be painful. Gonna yes. Be painful. All right. So we kind of came up with a list of takeaways from our interview with with Ranger Rick from last week. So mm. hopefully, you had a chance to listen to that. And mm. sorry that you had to wait a week to get all these reactions, but yeah, there's just a lot to to talk about. Yes. And so I thought maybe we could each pick two and then just sort of like, here's what the takeaway was or here's what he said, and then we can kind of react to it. Is that sound good? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, first takeaway, go for it. Uh, I think my first takeaway from Ranger Rick is the ursacs have been around a while and that they don't work. Um, Right. So... Does that make you sad? I think I'm just sad that they don't work. Um, I think I'm sad that the Rangers aren't even excited about them. And you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Cause that was something I was like amped on that. I'm like, yeah, you know, a bear could step on it and like smash my food. That would stink. But it's like, I think it's as a, as a hiker backpacker, you're, you're just more stoked that you don't have to carry this bulky, heavy thing in your bag. And there's something else that a bear can't get into. And now we're hearing, right. well, mm, it's not that great. So it's kind of right. disappointing. What do, what do right. you think? Well, so first of all, I would actually trust his opinion on that because I think it sounds like he's had personal experience with that, whereas I have not. I just have, right, right. you know, my own research online. So I would, I would trust that. And he mentioned just how the bear, I guess, the bear slobber can get into the bag, and the bear can kind of still yeah. the t- the teeth can get in there. So I, so I would, yeah, I would for sure trust him on that. Now, is there a way they can improve it, or is there something kind of else going on with that? I did go back onto Ursac's website and. I'd gone right. on there like months, I think maybe even like last season, and I went on there and I found all these great statistics about, you know, how many bear canisters get lost or how they fail, this and that. And it kind of compared right. that with the Ursac's success, and I couldn't find those stats anymore. So I don't know if like their new ownership is is trying to kind of start like a new baseline data to, to test these things out or not. Well, I was going to say, did you find info on like bear claws piercing the bag? Well, okay, to that point, I think people can kind of make their own judgments because they do have bear videos attacking the ursac. They've got multiple videos on there. So you can see that they, 
at least from the videos they hold up, but it's like anything, right? Like you could, they could film 20 videos and the bears get into them 17 times and three times they don't. So they keep the three videos. So, so I don't know, you know, like how they're measuring that. So I would say like, do hard to, yeah, hard to measure due to the lack of information. I say definitely point to, to Ranger Rick on this one. But I do want to hear the other side of the story. So I do want to have somebody from Ursac on, and I, I have kind of this lingering connection with somebody there that's like, he kind of put me off there. I, they're, you know, they're still in the transition with the business. Yeah. And so I do want to get him back on. That but I do have a question. Yeah. I was kind of thinking as you were talking, Derek, knowing that these aren't going to work, mm. if they were, or like, you know, according to Ranger Rick anyway, if they still got approved, would you bring one just so that you could have a lighter weight bear storage? If they were illegal, yeah. If they're yeah, legal, yeah, if they're yeah. allowed. why not try it? Okay. I mean... Well, because Ranger Rick has other points about why not try it, because he wants to, you know, keep the bear safe back there, too. You know, as much as I respect Ranger Rick, uh, I, I hate to make anybody the end-all, be-all of anything, so I think, in my experience, you know, it's like a movie review. Like, you know, all that movie's horrible, but then I go see it, and I'm like, was it that? It was pretty good. <laughs> Now, I know we're talking about wildlife and bears, which is a little different, and this guy has like a million years of experience, which I do respect. Uh, that being said, I think I'm just the type of personality that's like, I want to see for myself. And okay. e- even if that means I got to eat crow and like, wow, he, this bear just took all my food, then so be it. But right. I think I feel, I think I, I'll try it at least once. Okay. And my reasoning for trying it would not be because I want to just see if it works or not. Like, I would only bring it if I was in an area, like, where I was confident we weren't going to get any bears. And so it was just, you know, I was just following the regulations. That would be my Yeah, my well, reasoning. sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, if, we're going back, if we're going back to Glacier National and there's, like, bears everywhere, then that might be different. But Okay, so that was the first one. Uh, sure. That was your first takeaway. My first takeaway, um, he hadn't heard of anybody losing their canister, like, the way that I described and he certainly hadn't heard of them like flying mm-hmm. or you know being pushed by bears off cliffs. He did give some really good advice about trying to wedge yeah. it or to just to be mindful of where you're storing your your bear canister and keeping it you know away from your campsite. So that was good advice. But in regard to like him not hearing of these things, like I would obviously believe that that was definitely the case where he was. But when I did some research online, like I found a lot of information about bears that were just straight up doing that. So um, one is from a very reliable source, Andrew Skirka, who's like a semi-famous yeah. through hiker. He's done all sorts of crazy hikes. He's usually featured in Backpacker Magazine at some point, you know, over the course of a year or two. And so he mm-hmm. mentions a list of examples yeah. of bear canister fails. And some of them are like human error, like the humans don't lock them or they, you know, they they, they leave them open. But sure, a yeah. lot of them were yeah. like straight up by the bears, like pushing them off cliffs um, and just, you know, just being able to get into right. them essentially. Figuring yeah. And then yeah. there's a website, JMT, like for Jami Trail, jmtbook.com discusses a specific Yosemite mm-hmm. bear that has actually learned that if they roll the canister off the cliff, like if it's high enough, then they get a surprise when they get to the bottom of the cliff, the bear canister cracks and then <laughs> they get to eat. So that's true. That's true. Does that mean that bear canisters are useless? Of course not. Um, but can we at least agree that they're not perfect yeah i mean i think obviously they're not perfect i think you know people are gonna forget to close them people are gonna mess that up for sure so i i almost wouldn't even count that right i mean human error i i'm curious like for people that are responsible they close these things every time or close to every time can the bear figure out a way to get inside of it we're seeing that they can every now and then they can do that so is it perfect? No, but it's maybe it's the best option we have right now because what else do we really have other than like right. hanging our food or an ursac or just starving yourself and not bringing any food? Like, 
Like, or going mooch mode. Maybe that's the best way. You know? <laughs> like, well, abstain from food like you. <laughs> I think it sounds like you'd agree with, with the Ranger on this one. And I don't know that this is a point against, you know, for anything I was saying. I think it definitely just talks about, yeah, there's there's no perfect thing. I think the, the, the big takeaway I had from this one, though, is he did mention the carbon fiber bear canister. Mm made by barricade and i did look that up yep. and actually that if we can afford it like that looks like a possible like semi foolproof like it. a compromise I'll, I'll call it i mean was it lighter weight yeah like it like the biggest one held more and weighed less than the ones that we have really hmm interesting yeah. so yeah that's interesting that's hard i mean it's one of those necessary evils i think we all understand that it's just not fun well and that's what he was saying he was saying like just bring it and, you know, if you need a perspective for why you're bringing it, like, do this for the bears. Do this for nature. Yeah. yeah. That was his perspective. Hearing it from a ranger is a little bit more convicting, I guess you could say. Well, if you want convicting me, we still have Todd's MP3 coming. <laughs> we do. We do have. That's true. Off of the bear box, the bear canisters. Let's get onto the bear box for a minute. The, the thing he was talking about with the bear box is having mixed results. And you can solve the problem, but people don't always use them. Because they leave like 70 to 100 pounds of trash and food in them per week or whatever, right? Right, which is crazy. Which is a lot, which is, which is, it is a lot. So my question, and I think this is something along the lines of your thinking as well, is, you know, if, like, we went on a trip, we had to bring a bear box, but then we're supposed to camp at certain spots, right? And then you get to these spots and there's these giant bear boxes with plenty of room. So why am I bringing a bear canister when I'm going to be putting all my stuff in a bear box anyway? Uh, right. I mean, unless they're assuming I'm going to be stranded somewhere or like if a bear attacks me and I just, what, throw my canister at him or something. Right. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm not for bear canisters, especially if you have those boxes around because it seems like a double, I don't know, it just seems like double whammy against the hiker. So No, for sure. And I think that, well, first of all, the the idea that there's that much like extra food and trash that are being stored there, I would guess by you know by yeah. through hikers that are just like I just need to unload some weight. Like I get that, but come on, like you're making somebody carry it out of the back, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was I was sad to hear that. That is sad for the Rangers. It stinks because I'm sure yeah. you know that's a lot. Yeah, I would hope they get like a mule train in there, and they just you know after they pile up enough, they'd bring it out. But mule train it? Can they? Can they use the? I mean, can they use the food for other things? Yeah, and I that's mean, why. And that's where I, we came across extra food, or where I was hoping to come across extra food at the ranger station, where like they become kind of like a trading area where you can kind of get rid of some extra or take some extra, depending. But that just all they had, all he had was a pancake mix. But yeah, that that aside, I so I totally agree with you, and that you're actually speaking to that video we made about bear canister hate a few weeks back, and. Like, that's exactly what I experienced in Grand Tetons. Here's the only thing with that. Like, I can kind of see the point of view of the Rangers from that one in regard to, like, we're going to make them carry a bear canister anyway because, like, realistically, like, frequently backpackers don't always make it to where they're intending. And so if they don't make it to a spot that has a bear box, then, you know, it'd be prudent to have backup, Mm -hmm. I guess. True. That's true. So. I mean, I guess if you're in a heavy bear... A concentrated right. bear area, then yeah. is it better just to have both, which is really right. unfortunate, but probably necessary? Uh, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, though, about your through hike. Uh, let's say you're, you have these bear boxes and the rangers have the mule train and they're just loading up extra food yeah. for all these through hikers. You're talking about training posts. 
Let's say you found. Let's say you didn't really have anything to trade, but then you found this really, really, really smooth, shiny stone. Mm. Would they give you something for that? You know what I mean? Would they give you something for bear poop or scat? <laughs> you know, I mean, to fertilize. What if you brought back for them mule or horse poop? <laughs> Do they? I take think that? you're confusing the through hike with like westward expansion where like you're trying you get this like wagon train like we're pioneering out here yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, maybe i miss I, maybe i miss it's not like a trading station in terms of like what you got son <laughs> like it's it's not like it's not like oregon trail it's not like oregon trail, trail like where we're gonna get dysentery now it it's basically like hey i've got some extra food can i unload it here at this rangers backcountry ranger station and if they are allowing mm. it then they'll take some of that off your hands and then if somebody is lacking food which is obviously my problem we've talked about many times hey do you have any extra food that people have left like yes we yeah. do and so we actually came across a, a ranger station later on in the trip that had like you know a multitude of items to select from yeah. You know, and I thought I thought to myself, like, wow, let's say you got to the, the trading post and you're like, you know, I just wanted to say thank you guys. I got some apples at the last trading mm-hmm. post. It was awesome. I brought you guys some apples, road apples, and that can be used for fertilization <laughs> of something. I don't know. And then you bring them and they're like, thank you. You know, like, I don't know. But maybe they just want to leave right. it out there. I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. so that's that's all food for thought. I mean, <laughs> I've never had that experience, so I'm just, you know. So, I guess, yeah. So, the bear box is, like, mixed results. Like, he said it did kind of clear the problem at, at the Ray Lakes area, but it's it's not a universal solution, I think, is his takeaway. And so, I think he he definitely wins the point on that one because I did not, like, through lack of knowledge on my own end, I did not realize, like, how big a problem the trash was. So, so point to Ranger Rick on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and why would you, though? I mean, it's not like you're hanging out there no i guess yeah no i wouldn't yeah it's not common knowledge unless i yeah i read it somewhere but last last kind of big takeaway point is he doesn't think there should be some sort of a test like we'd come up with last season um where we could essentially show our experience Mm -hmm. to avoid bringing the canister and his main reason for that is like hey he's been out there he spent a lot of time on the trail he's hiked way more than we have and he's willing to bring one so why should somebody else sort of you know have to get to skirt the rules on that yeah. So kind of yeah. hard to argue with this one, obviously. Like, it like is, you can't it just is. make, you know, we can't yeah. try to make rules just for ourselves just because we feel like we have special knowledge of places to camp where we're going to avoid the bear. So I totally get that. So do you feel like, you know, you said making up your own rules and stuff. Do you feel like you might have, I don't know, touched on that boundary with Ranger Annie as far as you're like, look, I've been doing this for this long and I've never come across a bear. I know where the bears aren't going to be <laughs> and I, I'm not going to bring. You know, I mean, did you feel like you uh, crossed that threshold with Ranger Annie? I don't think that I talked at all like that, but thank you for the it impersonation. Was, <laughs> I started to go into, like, I'm going to give you evidence mode, which uh, <laughs> was not effective at all. And so we talked about that, and so I clearly backed off. But this is this is what I appreciated about the interview with Ranger Rick was that I could just kind of lay it out there, and he wasn't going to just you know, get all fired up because he wasn't meeting me on the trail and he, he we could t- talk about this obviously mm, in a peaceful yeah. manner. And so <laughs> that's true. He's not red flagging you. He's not red flagging you yet. Yeah. Did I get red flagged or blacklisted? And, what, and what's worse? I think it was flagged. Like, I think we can okay. still go on the trail. That's blacklisted to not be able yeah. to go on the trail at all. Right. Right. But you we know, the government's on. open now. I should call him up and just find out like, Hey, if I wanted to get a permit, is there any special thing I got to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what's your name? Oh, Mandriola. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want. Yeah, I want to give him. Yeah, just kind of find out. 
we're not we're not going there this year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for you. Right. Lucky for you. Yeah. Are we to the point where we are going to submit to his like destruction of my three pronged argument? Well, there's more. There's more to the story. And it wasn't by Ranger Rick. This one is by the uh, much heralded Todd and his MP3 ways. And so here's here's his challenge. So here's what I think. I think you should carry enough bear canisters to have all your food and smellables in them um, to abide by the intent of the park regulations. When I say that, just uh, pose a question to you also. Um, You've quoted from the Bible a lot. What does the Bible say, or is there anything that that it says about uh, this situation? And then one personal story. I went backpacking with my kids and I think it was like the first second time we went. And we went in a state park here in Texas. They don't allow you to have fires at the backcountry sites. And as we're walking in, it's just this single, you know, just footpath. And I was thinking, yeah, there's no rangers going to be back here. And so I told my kids, I was like, yeah, we can have a little fire. And I'm pretty experienced with making fires. I know how to do it safely and make sure they're fully extinguished. And I have, have a lot of confidence I can do this just fine. And we got back there, and I was like, yeah, there's some deadwood around. We'll scatter it up, started... <laughs> um, Maybe setting up just a small fire. As we're doing that, I hear the rumble of a, a diesel engine, and I was like, "No way! How did that guy? How, what?" And the ranger like pulled up, and I guess there's some back roads or jeep trails that come up to these backcountry sites. And I'm like scattering the sticks as fast as I can. He walks over, he's "Hey, how y'all doing? Now? Just want to check in, make sure y'all know there's no fires. Dogs have to be on leash, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. I was like, "Yes, sir, I got it." He left. And my two girls, you know, my two older girls are just looking at me. <laughs> and I really felt kind of uh, like it's just one of those moments where God kind of like pokes you in the chest. And even though I knew I could do it safely, I was not setting a good example for my kids and just respecting authority. It was good. I'm glad that happened to me in that very first or second outing with them. And, and I just fessed up and told them that. Hey, you know what? That was wrong. I should, I should, we just need to follow the rules. I was really clear in that moment that, you know, there's a rule. Um, we just need to follow it. And that's what we're going to do. And so from then on, we have abided by that rule. And I do my best to abide by the various rules that I see. I'm not perfect. You know, do I ever let my dog off a leash? Uh, yeah. And have I ever, ever been called on it? Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm like perfect in this, but, um, anyway. Food for thought, I, I would suggest that you, know, you should probably use those bear canisters and, and think about what you'd tell your kids if they were with you. So first of all, like I shared with Derek kind of separately, like side conversation, that I really appreciated how Todd communicated this. And I actually wish that my really close friends would do this with me more often, just like, you know, if they see things that are going on like that, they would just challenge me in a really good, yet gentle, communicative fashion. And so I'm going to say thumbs up to Todd just on his communication style and on this MP3. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I think, you know, you guys are growing in the way that you guys are talking to each other. And I, I'm, I, it gives me a warm fuzzy to be honest with you. So, <laughs> Todd, that was good. Uh, well done. I try to it, it's kind of like a, an imaginary coddling slash you know burping a baby like you want to make him feel comfortable but you want to make him feel loved at the same time and that's what you got to do with carl and i appreciate the way you delivered that so uh, <laughs> clearly clearly carl took it in a better way which is good 
Yeah, and I and I appreciate you sharing the story about the the fire there for sure. I think that. Yeah, and, and I, I try to figure out, is there a difference between, like, regulations and laws? And really there's, there's you know, is, if there's law enforcement that are enforcing the regulations, like, there's really not much of a difference. And so in terms of this idea of submitting to authority, I think that that was a really good example of how you maybe change your mind on that. And my gut initial reaction was like, you know what, like, I guess I, I viewed the bear canister thing in the same light as, like, people that are rolling stop signs or people that are, you know, are they driving five to 10 over the speed limit? Like they're technically violating like straight up laws, whereas the bear canisters are regulations. Mm. And so my, that was my gut reaction. I'm like, I don't think this is quite in the same vein as the campfire thing, but I see where you're going with this. I don't know. How did you, that, I'm going to tell you what, what my conclusion was in a moment, but what was your gut reaction to this, Derek? I think my gut reaction to Todd was, I, I like the delivery for sure. I think my gut reaction with in comparison to bear canisters and fire is here's the thing. Like, I think for me, yeah, like we're not breaking any laws with the, the bear canisters per se. It's like you're breaking a a regulation, like a rule, a fire to me is obviously quite a bit more serious. Like if you're going to be doing fires above elevation limits and all that other stuff, then that's, that becomes like more of a serious problem. Am I wrong for not caring? Like I know Ranger Annie was like, Hey, you have five people. You need five, you need five bear canisters, and we only had like what two or, or and, and we had and we had seven people by the way, and we had seven people, and so <laughs> my, is that what I said? okay, seven seven for whatever you know what I mean, one per person or whatever. So my thought was like, well, what if we legitimately fit all the food in five bear canisters or even six? Like, do I have to bring the seventh one? I mean, is she gonna like make me pull out all six and check or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I think it depends on the ranger, and I think it also depends on, um, you know, it sounds a little bit more legit if you have seven. Like, if, if she was like, hey, how many bear canisters do you have? You have seven guys here. And I was like, yeah, we have, like, five, or we have, like, six. I think she would have been more like, okay, that's cool. Um, you guys can fit everything in, though. That makes more sense. Like, I could see maybe fitting all your food in six. Okay. But if you say two, she's going to be like, yeah, here's a, here's a nice little ticket for you. Right. So... You know, there are different ways to, I hate, I hate to use the word fudge, but like get around following the rule completely. Um, but we definitely don't follow the rule maybe the best way we should, for sure. But are still like the place you're in with this is you're like, you're still like, how much can we get away with still? Is that, is that right? <laughs> well, I think it's more that like minimalist approach, you know? Like, yeah. If you got guys that go, let's say our group all went ultra super light and we didn't have two guys that just carried a grocery store with them, then maybe you could jam it all in six. I don't know. And if you could, I'm going to bring six. Like, yeah. why would I just carry like an empty bear cancer? You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your honesty on that for sure. Yeah. So my, I, ha- I think I've got a different take on it. And I think, so at this point, I've been challenged by Ranger Rick, who has like pretty much shot down my three-pronged argument in the last episode and then provided additional evidence and additional resources for what I can do <laughs> if I do want to lighten my lead with the bear canister. And then I've got Todd not only challenging this idea of the bear canister, kind of the, the regulation, but also like really like, you know, leadership as a Christian. And so there's kind of a lot of forces that are going against me with my bear canister ideals. And <laughs> so, so. So how do I react to that, I guess? And so yeah, I, I, yeah. I've really thought about this a lot. And definitely, like, you you have to submit to authority. And you also do not want to cause your brother to stumble. So as a result, I think 
I've got two solutions here. Solution one is kind of what we're doing this year, yeah. which is if I really hate them that bad, I simply need to go to places that don't require carrying them. And so I think I'm going to avoid them for the most part this entire year with all the trips I'm going to go on. Solution two is just I got to suck it up and we got to have more bear canisters for our group. Mm. And we have to have the opportunity for them to carry them. And that way we are um, being better leaders and better examples. And we are not going to cause our listeners or brothers or sisters to stumble. Yeah, true. That is true. I can't argue with that. Sad for us. And this is actually less, I don't know, this is, I think, a bigger deal for, it's, I've been the one that's, I def, I've kind of been, like, holding the flag on hating the bear canisters the most, but really, like, full disclosure, from our group of seven guys, I own both of those bear canisters, and I am always carrying one of them, at least, and so, like, somebody, you know, so, so Derek, like, I think you're one of the guys that, have you ever carried a bear canister? <laughs> I have. I have once. Okay. And it wasn't the whole time. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. I uh, definitely don't do my full fair share, but I, I, I mean, if you want me to go, def- I, I'm not going to go defense mode and like, well, this is what I do carry. I definitely carry, um, I haven't carried the bear canister in a long time, so I am thankful for that. Um, right. I feel like you want me to view you more as like Paul or Job from the Bible who just has this constant ailment and that bear cancer <laughs> is your ailment. And that's fine. I'll do that. I'll give you credit. Uh, credit where credit's due. Um, you know, if you do, you, are you are you trying to get me to carry the bear cancer more? Like, what are you trying to do? No, I, th- I have, I mean, part of that second part of the solution is like, I totally agree with you. Like, I don't want to have seven bear canisters for seven guys. And so I think yeah. that I, so I liked what, I liked what the ranger said where he's like, there's a carbon fiber one where it's, you know, it's really large. And I, after looking at it, I'm like, that would cover a couple guys and be lighter weight. And so I think, you know, yeah. so we might need like three or four of those, sure. but like, I don't know if we can afford all those. So we'll see. Well, I mean, let me give you, let me ask you a question. Like, let's say Ranger Annie pulled us aside as she did. And then you're like, yeah, hey, we have five bear canisters and we have the food in the bear canisters. But what we're not telling you, hypothetically, is that, oh, yeah, we all have food in our jacket pockets or our backpack side pockets <laughs> that we're just snacking on throughout the day. Cause I don't keep all my food in the bear canister all day, right? she's not asking us, she's not asking us to do that though. She's no. asking us right. basically do have safe storage for the nighttime. So we can have, like we can be holding a granola bar as we're talking to her <laughs> and you would probably be chomping on it and, and talking to her with your mouthful. That's a separate issue, but she would not, you know, she would not fine you for that. It's, it's, do we have proper storage ability? I feel like I'd give her a little more <laughs> sass. I'd be like, look, let me tell you, let me finish this granola bar and I'll tell you, let me see if I have enough room after I finish this <laughs> granola bar. <laughs> Yeah, and then you, and then you throw the wrapper on the ground, probably just to yeah. And then I told her like, yeah, I line the outside of my bear canister with toothpaste just to make sure that you know bear can't see it and blah blah blah. Some some ridiculous thing. Okay. Anyway, okay. Can I, let me let me cut into like I feel like so we have definitely referenced this conversation from last summer quite a bit, and you sort of challenged me and you kind of poke fun at me at this conversation. But from what you just said, it sounds like you have the bigger problem with the ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any problem. I, I thought she was awesome. I thought you okay. were offended because, you know, she was... I'm not... I was not offended. Okay. I, I thought She's you, doing her job. I'm not offended. She, okay. She, she was a good ranger. I thought she was a lot better than a lot of them that we've seen, for sure. Okay. 
if I pair up what you just said with with the previous commentary about the toothpaste lying the bear cancer, I'm not sure those <laughs> comments go together. Because <laughs> I was serious. Because I was serious. Okay. All right. Well, hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> so I'm going to own this one. I think I think this is going to kind of bring this conversation to conclusion. Like, so thank you, Todd. Yeah. Thank you, Ranger Rick. And we now are moving forward, and hopefully. We'll probably still complain about the bear canisters, but we will not be um, trying to lead people down a path of regulation violation. Yes, we will okay. try to lead them back to the fold, if yeah. you will. So, taking, so yeah. transitioning from that conversation to our other MP3, like Ranger Rick already shared how, like, basically, at least in the Sierras, like it's a pretty big fail to try to, you know, counterbalance the food or try to hang the food. But our good friend Knowlton has an alternative suggestion for what to do with the food. The um, idea of your like bear canister going off a cliff was an intriguing idea, and you guys suggested putting it far away from the cliff. But one thing that could be helpful for listeners is if they wanted to not only keep the bear canister safe, but maybe possibly entertain the bears that are coming to like try to get into it, is to like have a bear canister on a rope, tie it to a tree. And then, like, if there's one or two bears, they could play, like, maybe some tetherball, like, just whack it, and it would just circle the tree and um, still be there in the morning. So I thought that could be a really useful, maybe, uh, suggestion for listeners and potentially a new marketing idea. I don't know if maybe Outdoor Vitals would maybe market an ultralight tetherball um, backpacking bear canister. But just, if you do, that's totally free. That's yours if you guys want to use that. Okay, Carl and Derek, I just had another brilliant idea. Uh, this is tagging off of the bear canister on a rope, the tetherball. If you actually got one of those ice cream makers, like from REI, where you have to kick it around like a soccer ball, and it makes the ice cream. I don't know if they still sell those. If you attach that to the rope, then the bears would actually be making ice cream for you while you're sleeping. So that was one of the more creative solutions to the bear problem. Um, would you be willing to, first of all, buy and bring the, one of those like soccer ball ice cream makers that REI or outdoor stores used to sell? I'm not even sure they sell them anymore. And then have a bear try to make ice cream for you? No. No, I would, no, I would not. Too much hassle. Um, <laughs> okay. I would definitely not bring all that extra gear, but I could see Nolan doing that. I, mean, I could definitely see Nolan doing that. I, okay, I, and I should I should have done some more research. Like, I want to see if these things are still like in business because when I saw those at REI, I was like, really, like, are people really kicking these things around the campsites and making, like, maybe it was like one of those kind of gag, not gag gifts, but kind of like gimmicky kind of things that maybe you get somebody you don't know to get them for Christmas. But anyway, I thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's what we got. I think I think we've True. ended the conversation on the bear canisters and bear food storage. We have. We've beat it. It's time for trivia. Let's trivia this. Yeah, we have. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions 
that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. My trivia, my friend. Strangely mm. enough, this is going to be bear trivia. So, what? Yeah. And you know what? And, and right. kind of, and, and as, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing like we did not do very well with the bear puns. Like we got like into the meat of the episode and we threw out the bear puns. And so. I think I hit, yeah, I think I have like three. So I'm just okay. going to take a win for that. Okay. You can take the win. Sure. I think you need the win Sweet. because I'm concerned you're not going to take the win on this trivia. You would. But we'll, we'll find out. Name the bear that goes with each of these descriptions okay okay do it so there's there's six descriptions okay all right wow and so some of these are just simply like have you been paying attention some are kind of common sense Mm. and we'll see where you shake out so number one okay this kind of bear walked through my camp in yellowstone national park was i on this trip oh this was the day before (laughs) no you're not on this trip i'm just gonna say a black bear okay so I actually told this story like a few episodes back where I was chasing the grizzly out of my camp in Yellowstone National Park. Oh, and so you right. are 0 for 1. Grizzly, grizzly. bear. Grizzly bear. Okay, that's so thanks for listening to my stories. I appreciate that. Yeah, in one ear and out the other. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. All right, number two. Uh, most common bear that's found on the Appalachian Trail. That's black bear. That is a black bear. That is correct. That is so eastern bear. part of the United States, they get the black bears. Yes, they do. All right. Okay, so this, number three, is actually a subspecies of a black bear that is also a kind of candy. (laughs) Gummy bear? So you think that there's a legitimate bear out there that's called a gummy bear. That is not correct. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say Oh, my gosh. I I actually gave this trivia to Jessica, my wife, beforehand, and I'm like, Derek is going to say gummy bear. That's going to be his answer. It's a cinnamon bear. Cinnamon bear. Oh, cinnamon bear. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's right. I don't hear that one. I thought you're. I thought it was like a trick question. So knowing it you, kind of was. That would be. kind of was. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four. That was good. That was a good one. Thank you. Number four. One of the largest bears that resides in the Kodiak Archipelago in Alaska, and just you know, archipelago mm. is like a series of islands. Mm. It's mm. a subspecies of a brown bear. Mm. I want to say Kodiak bear. Yes, there you go. Kodiak? Kodiak, two for four. I watched the Nature Channel. Okay, yeah, those are like, that's where that one dude that went and like, just, like he wanted to befriend all the bears, like he hung out with them and like Oh, died. right, 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 That's right. that guy, yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah, not my thing. Number five, it has black skin, but not fur. Like it has fur, just the fur's not black. And mm. it has recently been invading remote Russian towns. Oh, that, that would be a polar bear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Polar bears have okay. black skin. Clear. I believe there's. It appears white fur, but it's actually clear. I don't know if you knew that. So okay. Go ahead. Sounds like you've been to the zoo lately. <laughs> All right. 
You know what, Derek? So you're like you're you're three for five. I think you got to get at least four of these to pass this this challenge you just, here. You so I just think decided that right now. You just decided. I that. did. I did. I did on the spot. No, well, I was expecting you to get the first one correct. <laughs> I feel so, like I wanted to miss subconsciously. I think I missed that on purpose, just to spite you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Call just just to ma- make me feel bad for you not listening to me. Okay. Yeah. Number six. This bear was first officially seen by a Westerner in 1916. <laughs> <laughs> like unconf- oh, like wow. basically unconfirmed that this bear actually exist existed until it was seen by somebody from the West in the year 1916. They were not aware oh, this bear God. even existed. Unconfirmed. I don't even... I mean, this could be, like, any bear in the, in the West. Uh, no, like a Westerner, like, so somebody from, like, a Western country, so think, like, Europe or United States. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this is a bear maybe not in the West, but a Westerner okay. saw this Now this you're bear. getting... Now you're putting things together here. I think. Oh, oh, what about... Oh, I know. I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with the... Uh, what is it? It's the, uh, I don't even know if they're over in the east, but it's like the white bear, but it's like the, what is it? The ghost bear? The, the ghost bear. Nice. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I've never heard of a ghost bear before, but I want to look them up now. All right. I'm going to change the question to make it more like a Derek level. Okay. Wow. Insult. Subtle insult. <laughs> uh, well, I don't, well, you can determine based on the, the changing of the question. So you got to modify sometimes. So this bear has like black and white patches. I don't want to know. Oh, panda bear, panda bear, panda bear, panda. I was like, what kind of bear? Pan, panda oh, bear. Duh. Thank panda you. Bear. <laughs> a panda oh, bear. Is. So that was that was kind of like pulling bear teeth right there. <laughs> I hear it's pretty easy actually. <laughs> so that's good news. That oh, was funny. my goodness. That was funny. Okay, so and, and side note on the, the the fact that they were just like it was like unconfirmed by the West that they existed until mm-hmm. 1916. That right there is evidence to suggest there could be other animals out there that people aren't aware of, just not because they don't exist, but just because, like, it's just unconfirmed. But, you know, like, that was only 100 years ago, so there could be all sorts of things like like Sasquatch out there. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, I could see, you know, they were kind of skeptical about the snow leopard for a while, but they, we figured out that that was a real thing, and even though it's super elusive. But right. with the Sasquatch, I think Buzz and me, you know, I feel like we laid the hammer down, but you're just in <laughs> denial. We're we're gonna get we'll we'll dive into that more later in the year, but uh, yeah. So that was good, dude. I like that yeah, trivia. Thanks. All right, that's gonna do it for us today on the B and B podcast. Thanks again for listening. Shoot us a review on Apple or the Google Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the support, and we will see you next time. It is not backpacking unless you get a little bear fur in your blister. Peace out. I want to fly. So, yeah, Carl, uh, I don't know if uh, he realized this, but we were talking about rangers. I know this is a bear episode, but it just reminded me of something he said about rangers, you know. He just learned that, the, it, the you know, the Lone Ranger, the TV show, he just learned it was the Lone Ranger. For, like, the longest time, he thought it was the Alone Ranger, like the guy was by himself. And I'm like, dude, that's not, he had Tonto, bro. He's not alone. It's Lone. And then it, it just it went downhill from there. But this is the things I have to deal with with Carl. This is why I love him. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.
Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.